Welcome to the YWAM Kansas City Podcast. We're here to activate our generation into missions and bring inspiration to live like Jesus in everyday life. Welcome back to YWAM Kansas City Podcast, part two with Lance McKinney from YWAM Spain. It's just because I talk so much. You know what? <laughs> hey, we're trying to pull it all out of you. We're going to do in just a minute, we're going to do a rapid fire question and answer with Lance, and we're going to pull more out of you. But before that, we want to jump right back to where we paused in the previous podcast. Sure. And we want to pull a little bit more out of you, uh, stuff that you had in your heart specifically for Spain. And you were right in the middle of telling your story, how you ended up in Spain. God gave you the gift of Spanish, which is still ridiculous. <laughs> and you've been working in Spain 25 years, yeah. got married, had a couple kids. Um, but in the middle of all of that, God was beginning to give you a strategy for reaching the youth in Spain. So that's where we left off. Yeah. And I would say more than just youth, just normal people, mm-hmm. um, because I think we do a lot of what we call evangelism. Um, the problem is that most of the time we're speaking a language that's so foreign to people. And I'm not talking about English or Spanish. It's literally the way we try to communicate things doesn't connect with their heart. And then we normally say things that actually conflicts with their head um, unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. We, we actually, mm-hmm. you know, in Corinthians it says that we should be tear down. We, the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. Right. And the arguments that rise up. I actually think most people that preach the gospel do exactly the opposite. They say <laughs> oh, <no>. stupid things <laughs> that literally create arguments. Um, and, and I'll give you a couple examples. Most And so for us, we, we've said, God, how do we reach people that would never step foot inside of a church? You know, it's post-Christian. They're tired of religion. How do we reach them? And God was clear. We have to go through the door of felt need. I didn't figure this out. Um, your dad actually taught us this, you know, 20-something years ago with the Impact World, using arts, entertainment, sports. And God told me, before I met your dad, music, culture, um, dance, and sports were the four things he said to me. And as you get people's attention, so what we do is we say, all right, listen, for events, for public proclamation evangelism, which is one of the most effective since Acts chapter 2, so it's not just a new thing, but that's how God decided to start the church was mm-hmm. with public proclamation. Uh, Acts chapter four, thousands hearing the message and coming to Christ. I believe that's still valid for today. And I know because I see it happen every time we do our evangelistic outreaches. Um, but we get their attention. Normally we do that by some um, amazing dance thing and, or you know, it's, it's an amazing light set. It's whatever it takes to get somebody's attention. Because if you don't have their attention, they're not going to hear what you say. If, right. they, if they don't hear what you say, they can't call in the name of the Lord. So it's back to that whole Romans 10 thing. And we get their attention. Um, we earn the right to speak in their lives. Because just because you're saying something doesn't mean that people care what you have to say. And so we normally do that. I love, I, I saw this first. The first time I saw it was with Team Extreme, a really strong guy who bench pressed this massive amount of weight that just left everybody you know, wide-eyed and like, oh my goodness. Then as he told his story, they wanted to listen to him. Hmm. He earned the right to speak in their lives. So our dancers, they'll do these amazing dance feats, and they're like, wow, these people are amazing. Mm-hmm. They don't know him from Adam, but they want to listen to him. So we get their attention. We earn the right to speak in their lives, never lose their attention. So we make sure that we just go, and we don't build up arguments. So we'll make statements quoting from the Bible without saying, in Genesis chapter 1, it says, because if I'm a non-believer, I'm like, who cares what Genesis chapter 1 says? Sure. That's a book of fair... It creates arguments. So we just don't say things that would create an argument. Our model, of course, is Paul at, in Athens in Acts chapter 17. Mm-hmm. He used an idol. He used their poet. He didn't quote the Torah, which when he was in the, with the Jews, he did. 
Um, so we've just been, so we get their attention, earn the right to speak in their lives, never lose their attention, preach the whole gospel. You got to go back to creation, that everything around us displays a deliberate act of creativity. Because mm. everybody in Europe has just swallowed the evolution thing. Mm. But when you say things in a certain way, their spirit testifies to it. And if you can say it in an intelligent way, their mind doesn't argue with you because you don't mm. make ridiculous statements. So anyway, the whole gospel from creation. But if God's a good God, what's happened to the world? Why are people dying? Why is there sickness? You mm. answer the question. Don't avoid it. Um, you know, who am I? Where am I? What's mm. happened? So all these things that people are asking real questions. And if we can answer those questions and we say the answer really is a relationship with God. Now, how mm. can you have a relationship with God? Well, the relationship was broken because of sin. There, there is a punishment, but Jesus was willing to pay it. He loved you so much that he, he mm. took on your punishment. People are excited. People are like, wow, I can have a relationship with the God who created me. Now, 10 minutes ago, they didn't believe God created them. Right. But there's something, or in God, (laughs) something happens because it testifies deeper than their mind, but their mind doesn't get in the way if you do it intelligently. And it's not intelligence. It's if you understand the way secular humanistic people's minds work, you can say things where they say, hmm, that's true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Rather than, no, that's dumb. Mm -hmm. So we're just really careful about it. So how to be effective with evangelism? We, the whole gospel, Jesus conquering death and sin is mm. you know Jesus resurrection mm. is the gospel is Jesus mm. died was buried for 3 days rose again in Corinthians it tells us that mm. um that the power of Jesus is is amazing and people are like I want a relationship with that god mm. and then you talk to him about the price mm. Jesus gave up his life and all he asks in return is everything mm. you know we we challenge people to surrender their lives to god um and and to to give up sin mm. and people are tired of sin Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing hundreds and hundreds every year. And we're not a big ministry. We have 40 full-time staff. We do about 40 larger outreaches a year, but we're seeing hundreds, actually thousands every year, give their lives to Christ mm-hmm. in a post-Christian place. And I mean, yeah. some of our events are hundred people. Some are a couple thousand, um, but people are searching. And I think, mm. so the keys are get people's attention, earn the right to speak in their lives, never lose their attention, preach mm. the whole gospel, mm. and then challenge them to surrender their lives to Christ. Come on. And people respond in droves. Come on. I want to get your thought on this one more thing before we jump into rapid fire. So to all those who are living in a post-Christian place, whether yeah. it's Europe, I've heard so many people say- College campus. <laughs> college campus. Yeah, no, really. So people people say, my my place is too hard. The, the ground is yeah. too hard. It's too dark. Throne of Satan's in my in my yeah. backyard. I don't know, whatever. I've heard so many things. Or every, I think every city, every town, every place. Every city thinks the same thing. Well, <laughs> Spain was known as the missionary of graveyard, uh, the missionary's graveyard, mm-hmm. because people were there for decades and did not see fruit. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sorry, and I, I don't want it to sound arrogant, mm-hmm. but you don't know what you're doing. Mm. You're doing something that's not connecting with their hearts. And I think if you study Paul, he did not do the same thing in Athens as he did. And I've heard people actually argue that Paul was a failure in Athens because it says that some mocked, mm-hmm. some wanted to know more, and some actually received, received the it, message. Right? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, but he didn't have great response. He took people from zero God framework or mm-hmm. multiple God framework right. to there is a God and people made a decision. No, it wasn't the thousands like on the day of Pentecost or, you know, at the Mm -hmm. gate beautiful. Mm -hmm. But what Paul did was so different in a secular context than what he did in in a Jewish context where they actually Mm -hmm. were looking for a Messiah. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand, yeah, maybe we're not going to see the mass numbers. Um, Actually, I think we're seeing more more numbers now in post-Christian as we are in uh, 
semi-Christian mm-hmm. culture mm-hmm. like America. But I, I think Spain was known as a missionary's graveyard. Mm-hmm. Um, people were not seeing a lot of fruit mm-hmm. um, for years. They were not seeing. Matter of fact, everybody thought evangelism didn't work. So now we've come in and just done it differently. Mm. And now people are like, hey, the gospel still works. Mm. Which So they're excited. And part of our goal is to help people just preach the gospel better. Mm. So I would say there is no place too hard for the gospel. Mm. The love of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice, will penetrate the hardest of hearts. Um, we need to learn how to share the gospel well. Mm. I think really it falls back on us. That's what God said to me. They haven't rejected me. They rejected you. That's wow. what God told me that day. That was a hard, I mean, I'm, I talk like that to most people because that's how I need to be talked sure. to. So God just beat me up that day. He said, they haven't heard the gospel. You're the problem. And here's the solution. Come on. So I think, ask God, God, how do I preach the gospel in a relevant way? Right. That's amazing. Issue. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's powerful. And I think gives gives faith for anyone in any context to believe, you know what? My place isn't too dark. My place isn't too hard. Not at all. And Jesus defeated death and everyone's looking for hope everyone's looking for Mm -hmm. answers they just don't think god's the place to look Mm -hmm. they they Mm -hmm. they gave up on that a long time ago because they equate god to religion right and so they're not looking the right place but Mm -hmm. if we can actually be the ones that live a life where they're like there's something different about you Mm -hmm. and then you can actually tell them what it is in in a real way that makes sense and isn't religious people are looking for it amen amen well i want to jump in i want to ask you a whole bunch of questions real quick let's do it and just hear some of your thoughts. Okay. So obviously you're a leader. You've been a leader even with YWAM and YWAM internationally in Spain across the country. And so we know you've poured into a lot of people. You have a lot of resources, a lot of thoughts. Lots so of I, thoughts. Lots of thoughts. So I have a handful of questions here. I just want to get your answers. And uh, yeah, maybe your, your 20, 30 second punchy answers. Punchy. Let's do it. <laughs> they can be preacher 20 seconds, a couple of them if you want. Um, so first question I want to ask you, what's one thing you would tell your 20-year-old self. Oh, I have so much. <laughs> Just one. one. Top right. thing. I would say be more disciplined. Okay. Be more disciplined. Um, don't don't procrastinate and just do what you know you're supposed to do. Amen. It's good. Okay. Be more disciplined. Okay, number two. What is one Bible verse, if you were to pick a Bible sure. verse, that has shaped your life maybe more than any other? Romans eight twenty eight. For okay. we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and call according to his purposes. Because I think it reflects on the character of God. Mm. That he uses all things together for good. Even my mistakes. That brings me so much hope. Um, terrible circumstances. I mean, God uses all things together for good. I firmly believe that. Mm. That's why when terrible things are happening, I'm never fretting. I trust. Mm. I, it, it's, it's cemented a trust in mm. the character of God that's, yeah, that's a huge verse for me. Come on. It's powerful. That whole chapter is amazing. Okay. Um, one book other than the Bible, obviously. That <laughs> I actually mock that, I actually mock Christians <laughs> when I preach in churches sometimes. I'm like, I've got a great book I want to recommend. And everybody's like, oh, great. And I'm like, it's called the Bible. Read the Bible. It'll change your life. But, all right. So one, one book you'd one recommend book. every person read. Sure. Um, wow. Uh, I would actually, if I did one book, um, it's probably because it's very clear in my mind right now. I've been re-looking at it. Organic Church by Neil Cole. Okay. It challenges what we call church, and I think it desperately needs to be challenged now. Okay. Organic Church Organic by Neil church. Cole. Yeah. Okay. I've seen that. I haven't read that. You're looking at that. I've got your dad's version right now because oh, I really? left mine in Spain, and I oh, saw nice. it on this bookshelf. Organic Church. Okay. Challenges what we call church, the institution, what it really is, um, powerful message, and Neil's, it's very biblical. Great mm. book. Great book. Come on. Okay. 
All right. What is or who is one leader that has maybe shaped your life more than any other person? Sure. If I didn't nail it down to one and I'm not going to, I'm going to tell you three. I would say <laughs> I would say my uncle Gary. OK. Um, when I went to Spain, um, he invested in me so much as a leader. Um, the first four years of leading things, he literally just poured into me. And, and he was the one when you in South Africa. He's yeah, the he's the one inviting me to okay. Spain. And then he asked me, invited me to stay on a, to a leadership school. And then he saw leadership potential. So he asked me to be staff. Then the next school, he asked me to lead the outreach. Then he asked me to lead the school. Then he asked me to, to really give more leadership in the school. So he actually really mentored me. Now, I'm not going to give you just one because there's actually two other guys that I look to and I say, their who they are has shaped who I am. Mm. And that is my dad, because mm. um, I saw him from a little kid. Just his passion for Christ. Um, his he's real, mm. and um, so he his he shaped me the way I am. And then your dad, mm. um, Mark. I mean, I looked at I've seen Mark for twenty something years. Who he is and his yeah his, his the way he looks at the Great Commission and who God is. And every time I talk with Mark, I'm challenged. There's revelation every time when he's opening the word. Um, so he's definitely shaped. Without Mark, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to do everything we've done in Spain. Mm-hmm. And so my, my, my dad's the foundation. Gary built on it for leadership and your dad for the apostolic, prophetic, go after nations. Mm-hmm. So those three. Come on. Three. Sweet. Two extra there. That was great. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Last question. One thing... Uh, most people wouldn't know about you. So it's more personal question. Sure. So unless they were a close friend with you or a close family member, oh, what's most one mo- thing that people wouldn't know? Um, I play the trumpet. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. Uh, who would? Why would you? Why I used you, to play in an orchestra. Why'd you bring that thing? I used to go to a very traditional um, church. We had an orchestra and I actually played the trumpet. Okay. There you go. Okay. Podcast number three. You're going to bring your trumpet? <laughs> yeah, <We're> nice. gonna- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played in years. My lip would blow out. <laughs> That's awesome. Come on. Well, Lance, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. And uh, I think there's a lot of good stuff here that people are really going to be challenged by, encouraged by. And uh, man, we're so excited for what God's doing in Spain. Yeah. And And we're going back. My family, we're moving back um, here in six weeks. Okay. Yeah. Looking forward to being back. We've been here for 18, 19 months. Yeah. 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 We're excited to stay connected with you guys and continue to see what God does in Spain through you all. So. Yeah, appreciate you. Thanks Thanks so much for joining the podcast. And for those who are listening, um, man, if you guys are blessed by this and encouraged just like I was or challenged, (laughs) um, why don't you guys write in the comments, give us your thoughts, your feedback, different things that you're doing in the place where you're at. Um, Now, as well as why don't you follow us, subscribe, share a little love. You don't want to miss the different episodes that are coming out, more like Lance and different leaders coming through. We feel like it's a really amazing content that you don't want to miss. So thanks for joining today. Thanks for tuning in to our YWAM Kansas City podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe, share, and leave a rating. If you are watching, please like, comment, share, and subscribe, and be sure to turn on our post notifications to catch our podcasts as soon as they're released. We'll see you next time.